Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. Over the last two weeks, we have examined the testimonies of the first six witnesses called by the Rittenhouse defense team. On today's episode, we begin our multi-episode coverage of the testimony of the defendant himself, Kyle Rittenhouse. We begin that coverage right after the break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. On November 10th, 2021, after Anmol Sam Kindry finishes his testimony, Rittenhouse attorney Mark Richards announces his next witness. That's call Kyle Rittenhouse. The tension in the courtroom is palpable. Judge Bruce Schrader asks the jury to step out for a few moments, and after Rittenhouse sits in the witness chair, the judge begins to explain to the defendant his constitutional rights regarding testifying on his own behalf. Your lawyer has called you to testify as a witness in this case, and uh, I just want to advise you what your rights are. You are allowed to testify if you wish under the Constitution, and no one can keep you from testifying, even your own lawyer, if that's what you want to do. If you do decide to testify, then the district attorney will be allowed to cross-examine you about anything that is relevant to this case, and that uh, are there any claimed uh, prior uh, untruthful statements? 90608. Um, what we've had testimony regarding the things he said about not shooting anyone. Other no, no, no. I'm talking about uh, prior prior instance of dishonesty under 90608. Okay. Uh, so that's not an issue. The district attorney will also be allowed to ask you if you've got any criminal history or juvenile adjudications. Are there any of that? Not aware of any. Okay. And uh, you could be... Um, asked about any other crimes, wrongs, uh, or prior events that uh, I've, I think I've ruled on everything that's been uh, presented to me. You have uh, left the door open on some things, Your Honor. Yeah, and I've been thinking about it, and nothing, uh, I've not heard anything in the case that would suggest to me that I would change any of those rulings. So, um, so um Unless there's something else on that, uh, I don't need to cover that in terms of a possible inquiry. He will be able to ask you anything which is relevant to this case, germane, pertinent to this case, and you will have to answer those questions, even though it may ensnare you in some other criminal prosecution. Do you understand that? Yes, Your Honor. Any question about that at all? No, Your Honor. You also have a right not to testify if you don't wish to do so, and if you decide that you do not wish to testify, then um, no comment will, can be made on your silence by the district attorney. And I will not comment on, your si comment on your silence unless I am asked by your attorney to do so. And the only comment that I would make on it if I were asked to do so 
would be to instruct the jury that the defendant in a criminal case has the absolute constitutional right not to testify and that your silence should not must not be considered by the jury in any manner in deliberation or in reaching their verdict. Do you understand that? Yes, Your Honor. So that'll be a choice that I'll, I would uh, ask uh, Mr. Uh, Sharofsky or Mr. Um, Richards at a later point uh, as to what you wanted to do if you decided not to testify, but that won't be an issue if you decide that you do want to testify, okay? Yes, Your Honor. Any question about this at all? No, Your Honor. Have you had enough time to discuss this matter with your lawyers? Yes, Your Honor. Have you had enough time to think about what you're doing? Yes, Your Honor. Do you think what you're doing is the best thing under all the circumstances? Yes, Your Honor. Has anybody threatened you or pressured you or forced you in any way with respect to this decision? No, Your Honor. Has anybody promised you anything in exchange for this? No, Your Honor. Is your mind clear today? Yes, Your Honor. Are you feeling all right? Yes, Your Honor. Have you had anything alcoholic to drink today? No, Your Honor. Have you had any drugs or controlled substances of any kind within the last 24 hours? No, Your Honor. Any reason I should not accept his uh, waiver? No, Your Honor. This is consistent with advice of counsel. Okay. Any questions? Okay. All right, then. After the jury returns to the courtroom, Kyle Rittenhouse stands to take his oath. His brown hair is cut short. His face is doughy. He wears a blue-gray suit with a matching tie and a powder blue shirt. He appears to have gained a bit of a paunch since the photos and videos captured him 15 months earlier. In our next recap episode, we will discuss the defense team's post-trial comments about how Rittenhouse came to his decision to take the stand. But we begin today with Mark Richards literally leading the defendant through the context that he wants the jury to understand. Kyle, where do you reside? Walworth County. How old are you? 18. On August 25th of 2020, did you come to downtown Kenosha to look for trouble? No. Would you have shot Joseph Rosenbaum if he hadn't chased you trying to take your firearm? Objection. Leading. I sounds kind of leading. Would you... I'll get to it. Richards adjusts course slightly, but he is undeterred from his mission to convey to the jury that on August 25th, 2020, Kyle Rittenhouse was a local kid with benevolent intentions. Are you a high school graduate? Yes. What high school? Penn Foster Online High School. Are you currently enrolled in any further studies? I'm a college student studying nursing at Arizona State University. Who do you currently live with? My mom and two sisters. Directing your attention to August 25th of 2020, where did you reside? Antioch, Illinois. Who did you live with there? My mother and two sisters. What's your father's name? Michael Rittenhouse. Back on August 25th of 2020, where did he reside? He lived in Kenosha, in, in the city of Kenosha, behind in the apartments behind the pick and save on 50th, on 50th. Do you have any other family that's from Kenosha? Yes. What? My grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, and cousins all live in the city of Kenosha. Before this event happened on August 25th of 2020, did you have any hobbies? Yes. Tell the jury what you like to do. I was a swimmer. Um, I enjoyed working. I was a lifeguard, um, hanging out with friends, going to the beach. Just normal teenage stuff. Were you a member of any groups, organized groups? Yes. What? I was a police explorer for Grays Lake Police Department, and I was a firefighter EMT cadet for Antioch Fire Department. Did you have any training in 
um, life-saving, anything like that? Yes. What? I was a certified lifeguard. I was a certified, I, I am a certified lifeguard and swim instructor. I am certified in Stop the Bleed, CPR, AED, Automatic External Defibrillator, um, and Basic Life Support. Okay. On August 25th of 2020, where were you employed? I was, empl I was furloughed at the YMCA in Lindenhurst, Illinois because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I was working at the RecPlex in Pleasant Prairie. Okay. RecPlex here in Kenosha County? Yes. Now. On the night of the 24th, did you come to downtown Kenosha? Not downtown, but I came to Kenosha for work. Okay, and after your, your shift at work completed, where did you go? I went to Dominic Black's stepfather's house. Um, I believe his name is Scott Dickhart. It's been a while since I've seen him. Okay, and who is Dominic Black in relationship to you? Uh, that um, him and my Dominic Black and my sister Mackenzie Rittenhouse used to date. Okay. And on the night of the 24th, were you aware of anything going on in Kenosha? I, I knew there was uh, protests, demonstrations, and riots going on in the later evening. Okay. And how were you aware of that? I saw videos on social media, um, on Facebook live streams, TikTok of... Um, I, I saw the car source lot being burned down, the car source one, what we've been referring to. Um, I saw a police officer get assaulted. He had a brick thrown at his head. Um, and I saw the mattress store owner get knocked out, and I believe his jaw was broken. It had to be wired shut or something. And, and you saw all of that on the 24th? Yes. Did you go to downtown Kenosha at that time and try and do anything about that? No, I did not. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Defense attorney Mark Richards next asks Kyle Rittenhouse about how the day of the shootings began for him. Directing your attention to the late morning of August 25th, 2020, did you have occasion to go downtown? I, I did go to downtown in the morning of August 25th. Who did you go there with? I went there with Dominic Black, my sister Mackenzie Rittenhouse, and Ray Dickhart. And describe what you did. Uh, we walked around for a little bit, and then I believe at around 11.30 noon, we ended up at Ruther Central High School, where we ended up cleaning graffiti for about, I want to say, an hour and a half to two hours. Mark Richards displays a photograph on the courtroom monitors of Rittenhouse and others cleaning graffiti off of a high school exterior. We can read some of the statements that have been sprayed on the wall, including, quote, fucking bitches and fuck 12 pigs, end quote. Were you getting paid to do this? No, I was not. Richards next leads Rittenhouse into describing his first encounter with the car source proprietors. After you were done doing that, what did you do? Uh, we, we were walking and we, were, we went to the car source lot, the first location, 
and um, we we were looking at the destruction of the burnt cars, and we we saw the owner Sam and Sal. I believe that's what they told us their names were. And you saw when we say car source, the one that you met Sam and Sal at is what we've been referring to as car source number one. Yes. And that's the one that they just played a video of a lot of burnt out cars. Yes. Did you have any discussions with Sam and Sal? Uh. Briefly, um, I offered my condolences and I said if there's anything I can do, please reach out to me. He gave me his number. Um, I gave him my number. Richards then prompts the defendant to recount his interaction with another key witness for the defense. And what did you do after that? Um, after that, we went to Dominic Black's stepfather's house again and we hung out there for a little bit. Okay. And do you know who... Um Nick Smith is. I do. And did you have any contact with Nick Smith that afternoon? Later in the evening, around 3.34 o'clock, uh, Nick Smith called me and Dominic. And when he called you, what was the nature of the call? At first, Nick Smith wanted us to drive him to the sub suburbs of Chicago because he wanted to buy a, buy a bulletproof vest. And we said, Dominic said, okay, we'll drive him. And then he said, okay, I need you to pick us up, me up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Okay. Did you go and pick him up eventually? Yes. Uh, we actually, before we picked him up, we went to Jelensky's. Okay. What did you do at Jelensky's? We bought, um, Dominic wanted me to buy uh, two rifle slings. And did you? I did. One was for what? One was for my rifle, and the other one was for Dominic's rifle. Okay. And why did you care about your rifles that evening? Um, the reason for the slings were just so it's like a, a, a retainer, so if I'm helping somebody with first aid, I can just like dangle my rifle behind me, and I don't have to worry about somebody just randomly going and picking it up off the ground, just as like an extra measure so it won't be taken from the ground. And what time did you go to Jelensky's? I want to say about 2.30, but I don't know exactly for sure. Okay. When did you first have contact with Nick Smith? Uh, 3.30. 3.15. Three, uh, 3.15. Okay. 3.15. And was there any discussion regarding car source at that time? Yes. What? Um, Nick Smith, once we picked him up, we drove. he wanted to go to a bank to withdraw money. The bank was closed, and then he was like, hey, would you guys like to come with me and help watch over the car source, make sure there's no fires or anything? And Dominic said, yes, I, I agreed. I said, okay. And then I said, here, Nick, I don't, I don't really need my bulletproof vest. I'm going to be helping people with first aid, so I gave him my bulletproof vest. And by you giving him your bulletproof vest, did that stop the need to go to someplace by O'Hare Airport? Yes. Okay. And why does a 17-year-old kid have a bulletproof vest? It was issued to me by the Grays Lake Police Department. Okay. You didn't purchase it? No, I did not. Once we parked at Nick Smith's house, we walked from Nick Smith's house to the Car Source 2. Okay. And at Car Source 2, that's where you spent most of the evening? Yes. Over the course of this trial, we have also come to know Car Source 2 as the car doctor repair and inspection facility owned by the Kindry family. When you first got to Car Source 2, the one at 59th and Sheridan, what happened? 
Um, the owners were there, Sam, Sal, and his father, and I believe, I, I think it was his uncle there also. He was driving a, a van of some sort. And what, what was the discussion? Sam and Sal thanked us for coming out to help. Um, and then he said, Sal said, hey, why don't you guys hop in my car? I, if I remember correctly, it was either a white or black BMW or Mercedes. I don't, I don't recall exactly. And why did he want you to get this car? Um, he was going to drive us down to car source lot number three. Okay. And did you agree to get in his car? I did. And who went to car source number three? Me, Dominic Black, and Nick Smith. Richards then displays the photograph of a group of mostly armed individuals at the 63rd Street car source, also known as car source three. Rittenhouse identifies each individual in the photo. This is Sal, the owner. This is Ryan Balch. This is Joanne Fiedler. This is Justin Hamilton. This is Dustin Colette. This is Nicholas Smith. I don't recall his name. This is me, and this is Dominic Black. We've heard testimony about you, Nick, and Dominic. You, you knew those individuals before August 25th of 2020? I knew Nicholas Smith and Dominic Black. Okay. You did not know the owner of CarSource previously? I did not. Was he being nice to you guys? Was he happy you were there? Was he mad at you for being there? Describe it. He was happy we were there. Okay. And you heard his, their testimony, the two owners, I believe that was Friday afternoon? I did. And did they give you permission to be there? They did. And the other individuals in this photograph, some of whom have testified in this trial, 10 minutes before this photograph was taken, did you know any of them? I did not. Had you ever spoken to any of them? No. And when you were there, what was the idea? Was there a plan? What was going to happen? Uh, yes, the plan was to, I, I went down there to provide first aid. I also, I, I brought my um, orange first aid kit, the fanny pack, and I also brought my Pelican box, which, had, which was filled with first aid stuff by my feet to provide first aid. The orange box by your feet you refer to as the Pelican box? Yes. Did you have that before the 25th? Yes. Was it stock? Yes. With things that you had bought and brought? Yes. And do you go with that every day, or is that because of the situation? It was in the trunk of my car. Okay. And the fanny pack, what's the situation with that? It was my work bag. Um, I brought it to work with me, and I would put it under my lifeguard booth. Okay. And that had first aid supplies? Yes. Richards next prompts Rittenhouse to describe how he ended up back at the Car Source 2, also known as the Car Doctor facility. Now... After the meeting here at 63rd and Sheridan Road, what's been referred to as Car Source 3, what happened? Um, after the photograph, um, I believe, I, I don't recall exactly, but there was about two or three vans that pulled up, like big vans with people inside of them. Okay. And what was their role in this evening? Well, they showed up and they wanted to protect the business and I didn't really have a say in what everybody was doing. I was just 
there doing my first aid stuff. And then Ryan Ball said, hey, why don't you guys stay here? Um, and we'll go down to the car source number two. Right. And so the people, a group of people was going to stay at car source three, and the people depicted in this photograph were going to go where? Car source two. And is that what happened? Yes. So at that point, then, Sam and Sal had coverage, for lack of a better word, at both of their businesses to protect the property, correct? Yes. So you get down to car source two, did all of these people go there? Yes. Besides Sal, the owner, he did not. Okay. During the night, was Sam and Sal there? They were not. They left you guys there? Yes. I. I believe Nick Smith was in contact with them throughout the night. I'm not certain, but I believe they were. And you get down there, were you able to get in and out of the business? Yes. How? Uh, Sal, the owner, actually gave Nick Smith a set of keys. Did you personally see that? I did. Did he give you any other direction regarding any equipment or anything like that? He let us know where, like, the power washers and the fire... I think there was a single fire extinguisher in the building and some hoses, uh, the hose hookups, just in case there was any fires we needed to put out at the lot. Anything else about uh, the roof? He showed the, I believe it was Dominic Black and Nick Smith, the two ladders that were there to get up on the roof. Where were you predominantly a car source to? I was in front of the car source too. With Kyle Rittenhouse having set the stage for where he stood as a sentry on the evening of August 25th, 2020, we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as Rittenhouse and Mark Richards take the jury through that evening's events up to the precipice of the defendant firing his weapon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Taracone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.